the final five to whoever you are, this is Schwab Wars. Hello, everyone. My name is Adam Hayes, and this is Remembrance Day, which, of course, which means also not just that, but is also a time for us to be here on the podcast once again, because every Thursday at 10 a.m., another show drops. And joining me for this special episode is a special Q&A episode, uh, bringing back a very uh, polarizing yet controversial figure in the world of Ontario independent wrestling and just in life in general. Most of the fact that he's always trying to bag tag me or kick me in the balls. So, you know, he's just the ultimate heel. Everyone says I am. Fuck this guy, really, in a sense. Uh, of course, I'm bringing back someone who was on his own uh, special, you know, one-on-one sit-down interview back in September. The one and only Jesse fucking Amato. Jesse, how's it going, brother? What's up, dude? How are you? I am here. I am good. I am exhausted. I just worked an overnight during goddamn daylight savings time so i watched the clock go from 159 to 2 then back to one o'clock within a second so no. that was so that was depressing as hell um oh, sucked yeah no. so i mean you know could be better could be worse never had to do an overnight on the time change oh see imagine if it was like the leap forward i'm gonna i'm just because of what happened to me this time i'm totally gonna do it this time like right yeah, obviously. You have to work that day now. You need to feel, you need to make up to that. Exactly. <laughs> and of course, for this podcast, it's not about me. Uh, these questions were submitted to our Facebook page over at facebook.com slash Wars, and of course, to our email address, which is schwawars at hotmail.com. Uh, Jesse, before we kind of jump into things, first of all, how are you doing since the last time we talked? Good. I mean, life's been great. Um, can't really complain. Owen's wandering around now, chasing him around. Very nice. That's always fun. Um, got a way better job. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Someone decided to actually pay your narrow ass. That's pretty good. Right? It's actually not even a job. It's a career now. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to share with the public what that is? or? Mm-hmm. You want to share what that is? or You don't have to yeah, say like, where the company uh, is, but what, what do you do? Uh, Soft Choice, the software company in Toronto. Okay. They basically sell, uh, best way I can put it is like a whole IT infrastructure for like Fortune 500 companies. Okay. So converting them over to the cloud and everything else like that. So I got myself into the senior management there as an account executive. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. it's amazing how that fucking changed from like the Jesse that we knew about you know, finances and everything else. And now look at you being the senior manager right. of a goddamn company. Right. A fucking $2 billion company. Like what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what they're I feel, Whatever. Right. I was going to yeah. say, I feel like they should be, we should be chanting at them. You fucked up, but you know what? Good on you though. Uh, gotta pull I didn't off. even lie about my resume. I gave him my shooting resume. It wasn't even fucking faved. It's straight up. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely what is hired me for me. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Well, definitely one thing that is not faved, as you just uh, pointedly put out uh, there in the universe, was these questions, again, that was submitted to our uh, Facebook page over on our email address. Uh, we got quite a few, and some of them are two or, or even three-parters, so let's uh, let's kind of dive right into things. Are, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Uh, your first question comes to from Pierre from Bathurst, New Brunswick. Pretty sure you already know who that is. Uh, and his, he says, you mentioned wanting to return to the ring. What kind of training are you doing? And are you planning to do it to make sure you are ready to go back into the ring? Uh, yeah. Um, I've definitely, 
put some feelers out and I did a private class there with Rip and Hamilton not that long ago. Um, basically, like anything, it's like if you're trying to do anything for the first time after a long time, you probably shouldn't jump fucking balls deep into it. Especially if it's something like wrestling, which takes a lot of time to get your skill up to par. So, I mean, it's going to be baby steps, you know, like I'm, I haven't taken a bump in three and a half years. I haven't thrown a strike in three and a half years. I, like there's a lot of variables, but uh, I'm definitely going to take it one step at a time. And I think Rip's the perfect person for that. Um, I was going to say, there are definitely a lot of schools lately that have been popping up, either just resurgent places or places to fine-hone your skills or whatever. What yeah. make, in your opinion, like RIP's um, facility or academy or whatever you want to call it, um, the perfect place for you? RIP's a guy that I've known since day one. Like, when you and I both started, and I was like, what, 14? You're, what, 16? I think you're two years older than me, right? Well, no, I... Well... We both started in, like, 06. I would have graduated high school, so I would have been, like, 18, 19. So you would have been, like, so you would have been, like, 17. What about the first run at CAW Hall? That was the CAW Hall. That was 2006. Was it? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so. (laughs) Go on. Why why rip, though? You just blew my mind. Was that really? Yeah, dude, that was 15 years ago. Oh. Fuck. We're old as fuck, I know. <laughs> right? So what the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> like I said, you were pretty much saying uh, why you were choosing Rip for... Oh, right, right, right. Um, He's the guy that we've both known since back then. He's always been cool. I mean, everybody knows wrestling's a huge ego world. You know, there's a lot of good people. There's a lot of assholes. And there's a lot of people fucking dirtbags. Like, it's just how it is. Rip is one of those guys that I guarantee you, you will never find a single person to say one thing bad about him. It's just not out there. He's nothing but good karma all around. Um, his straight edge lifestyle, which we all know about, um, that's definitely something that I should be around. It's motivating, you know, keep myself around good people like that. Um and we also clicked in the ring as it was when we had that one match in Death Proof. Things went really, went really, really well. And we both kind of think on the same wavelength, in a sense, when it comes to putting matches together. So it kind of, in turn, goes hand in hand, I figure, by me just saying, like, look, like, I'm a blank canvas right now, and let's rebuild me from the ground up. So, like, just that chemistry is there. So it I helps thought- kind of accelerate that. Aside from the actual, like, bumping, like, obviously, and getting used to, like, taking the bumps again and just learning the basics, getting your cardio up, what are some of the things maybe that you're wanting to add to your repertoire that you didn't really have in the first place? Well, I told them first thing, I, I made a joke out of it, but honestly, it's something that I probably wouldn't want to work towards. It'll be fun is, like, you're teaching me how to do the triple jump moonsault because Rip's one of those guys that can do it. I mean, he doesn't really bust it out very much anymore. Like, I don't know. I can't remember. I think the last place I've seen him do it was, like, UWA Hardcore. <laughs> Actually, I think he did it once for Death Proof in the garage. I think. Uh, you have to ask Chad on that. But I remember he did it in UWA Hardcore. And uh, that's something that I told him I wanted to learn. But, no, really, it's 
I don't really know if there's anything different than I want to learn. I just want to learn as much as possible. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm in this like kind of vulnerable state, but the good thing about that, the silver lining, is you're kind of like a sponge when you're in that state. You're so mm-hmm. sensitive to everything, and I'm just trying to like pick up on every little thing that I can while I while I am this way. So Rip's a guy that's been around forever. He knows what he's doing. I mean, it, it, it just all makes perfect sense to me. All right. Uh, your next question is a two-parter. Comes from Chris from Bowmanville. <laughs> I heard he's got. I heard he's got a hell of a side shuffle. Just saying. Um, <laughs> his, uh, his first question is, why did you give me the wrong picks for my football pool? <laughs> <coughs> Clearly, a little yeah. inside baseball between the two of you, but. <laughs> What's the second part of this bonehead question? <laughs> <laughs> um, the second question is, what is the most interesting road trip to a wrestling show that you've ever had? Okay. Well, I didn't give you the wrong picks. They just didn't work out the way that they're supposed to. <laughs> number one. And number two, they at least had some kind of football thought behind it. I'm like, your fucking idea of I'm going to pick what logo looks cooler. <laughs> Somehow it's worked out for him for two weeks. I don't, I don't fucking understand. Chris is just ridiculous with that. If anyone has no idea what we're talking about, our buddy Chris literally is the type of guy who will just sneeze and one somehow win the lottery, or he'll just like right, look down. He he'll just, he'll just like look down and like find like you know sacks of money that are just listed to him. Like the man's got a silver, like a golden horseshoe up his ass at all times, but. Seen this guy walk into a max, buy like fucking hundred bucks of lottery tickets, not fucking play a single one of these scratch offs. He just scratched the fucking barcodes and scanned them, and he walked out of there with fucking three hundred bucks. <laughs> like, what the fuck just happened? All right, <laughs> so to hit max into a casino. So to his question though, what is the most interesting road trip uh, to, for to a wrestling show you've ever had? Um. Probably, I don't know. The most interesting one was probably going to Midland once, and we like got lost. <laughs> we found Camp Hillbilly. I don't know if you were there for that or not, Adam. I think I don't were. think I, I don't know if I was. I don't think I w- we got lost the one time I went to Midland. I think you went. You came a couple times to Midland, but this time I remember we just kept going too far up the 400, I think, or. Something like that, or the one that goes through Aurelia anyway. Um, and we got so lost, we came to, like, this weird fucking... <laughs> it looked like a run-down, almost like something from, like, the Hells Have Eyes, like, closed-down fucking camp called Camp Hillbilly. <laughs> so naturally, we were late for a wrestling show. What to do? Let's go explore. <laughs> this is too fucked. So that was pretty fucking interesting, I guess, was Camp Hillbilly. Like, I don't know, that was funny. Um, leaving Josh in the train station in Cleveland for, like, <laughs> six hours overnight. Yeah, he, loves to, he loves to bring up that story. Anytime that, like, a wrestling story gets brought up, he loves to put over the fact that you and uh, Jules Malone at the time just abandoned his ass. It's like he's not bitter or anything, I guess, but, you know. No. <laughs> but I mean, like after I looked at it a few years later, that area, like there's mad fucking homicides there. 
<laughs> he just fucking sit there sleeping in the fucking train station, scared shitless. I bet you that dude heard gunshots at night. I bet you they weren't too far away either. <laughs> Poor bastard. I think I forget what he was doing. I think he's at a music festival in Pennsylvania, and he jumped on the train and said, "Oh, meet me in Cleveland." It's on the way. It actually kind of wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded right in my head. <laughs> but the problem is, is he told me, like, he's gullible as fuck. So he's like, okay. <laughs> Jumps on a train to fucking Cleveland. <laughs> and we're going to fucking Kentucky. It's like the complete opposite direction. <laughs> Geography was never one of your strong suits, I, I will say. Well, I was just half talking shit. I didn't think he'd do it. <laughs> but then he was actually serious about it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then, yeah, I had, it's not geography, it's time. I don't understand time. I have zero concept of time. It's true. You are probably the the worst person I've ever met in the business and in friends who is just absolutely late to everything. Yeah, just, I, I don't understand it. I don't know. It's fucked. <laughs> I could tell thank, it. Thank God for Jen. That's all I got to say. Right? Jen sees my ass. Uh, your next question is a three-parter. Comes to us from Rob from Toronto. He asks, as a talent, how are you going to make sure you're noticed over all the other established and new talent coming out here in Ontario? Um, well, if I told you that, it wouldn't really work out for me because a lot of what I do hinges around the elements of surprise, typically, whether it's some kind of presentation tweak I'm going to have in an entrance or just how I'm going to wrestle the upcoming match like I've, I've always kind of done that um i haven't really thought about how i'm going to stand out because honestly I, I i've done zero homework on any of the new talent that's kind of around so that's kind of fun to me it's kind of like i get to like have a second debut in a sense like kind of like way back when when i was being a cross-dresser <laughs> wrestling um like, at that point in time, there's so many, like, everybody's new at that point. So now it's kind of like that all over again. It's right. kind of what? And, like, at that time, I break in, and I'm, like, tiny compared to everybody. Now I'm kind of towering over a lot of these guys. So, so I really don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. I think that's up to the promoters and the matchmakers to kind of take a look at what it is that I can do now and see where it lines up with other people. Now, I will ask just kind of like a follow-up question for myself to Rob's here. Um, there's a lot of established talent that you have obviously worked with that are still here in Ontario um, that I'm sure you would probably like to get back in the ring with. Maybe, in a sense, kind of maybe getting back in good graces, depending on how things ended with you in those bridges. Um, but also a lot of these newer talent maybe have heard the stories of Jesse Amato and maybe not always the best ones. Um, do you feel like going into like these locker rooms in the future, you're going to have the most to prove to the established talent that you've already worked with or to the new talent to show them that, Hey, uh, I'm not the, what you were perceived or told. Um, I think to an extent, absolutely. Um, well, it was an either or question there, Jesse. I don't know. They're both kind of, they, they both work. I mean, uh, do I have some proof? Yeah, absolutely. Um, however, I find that wrestling, every locker room is so different that it's kind of hard to put, I don't know. It's hard for me to kind of word it. It's like everybody, every locker room is so different. Like there might be a locker room one night where three people might have a problem with me. 
and the next night maybe zero. So like, like there's gonna be that no matter what. And I mean like it's nothing really new for me because it's been like that since day one. Um, I think the person that I have the most to prove is going to be to myself, really, as selfish as that sounds. And I mean that in an unselfish way, is I know in my heart anything that has happened that wasn't really me. Like, like I did it, and that was me. Like, nobody else put the straw to my nose but me. Um, and it push came to shove, and it warped me to who I really am and I think a lot of my close friends like you or Josh or anybody like that all know that and that's why I'm sitting here talking to you right now um but I have to prove it to myself in a sense that if I am what I say I am and that was legitimately honest to God remorseful for any hurt that I caused and know that I had no zero intentions of doing that um whether it's a wrestler promoter fan what have you um if i'm am sincere on that i'm gonna have to prove it in the same way that you're kind of suggesting like do i have to prove it to all these other talents well in a way yes i guess but more so that's for me and not so much for the opinion of the other talents i mean it's pro wrestling if somebody's not pissed off at you for something you're doing like you're probably doing something wrong at the end of the day you know what i mean somebody's gonna have a problem somewhere every good idea is gonna have hate is it's the nature of the beast but um i I look forward to the opportunity to prove anybody that feel that i need to prove them like if that's another thing too it's up to the person themselves they feel like i have to prove something to them fine you you have every right to come to me and say i feel this way that's that's fair Absolutely. Just if you're going to come up and tell me that and make it so clear, just give me the opportunity to swing that the other way and prove you and your ideas and philosophies wrong. Right. All right. So uh, second part to uh, Rob's question after, you know, my follow up there. Uh, What do you look for in a referee during your matches? Uh, Oh, this is probably Rob Gosling. I get it now. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Um, <clears throat> an attentive ref, someone that kind of knows what's kind of going on in a sense, because I find that a referee has a very important job in pro wrestling and it's often taken for granted in a sense. You see that all the time because how often do you see an indie show and the referees are all the promoters' buddies. And I mean, like, sure, they kind of do what they do on TV, but there's so much more than that. You know what I mean? It's not just a visual thing. You're not just some dude holding a microphone, for instance. Like, if you're an interviewer, like, there's a lot that goes into every position and that's in front of the camera. So, to me, I guess what I'm looking for out of a ref would be one that understands what it is that everybody's doing you know what i mean like like in the terms of the match like there's a lot that goes into it in terms of like timing for instance or knowing when something is wrong and needs somebody to step in and protect it actually rob did a very good job of that in a match with me when um that hang spot went wrong and it tightened around my neck and I legitimately went out and I was like convulsing. 
Um, Rob was the one that got the fucking noose off my neck. <laughs> and honest to God, he probably saved me from something bad. <laughs> you know, those are the things I'm looking for in a rep is somebody that can recognize what's supposed to happen in a way that it's supposed to be presented in something that's going completely off kilter and needs stepping in and corrected because like that one example, like seconds matter sometimes. Yeah. So in other words, someone that's very assertive, someone that uh, takes their position seriously and also someone that's going to make sure that no one dies. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the third part of his question is uh, his third part to his question is, who are you looking forward to working with the most? Now, of course, you were just saying off the top, too, that like when it comes to more of the modern, uh, newer age class of here in Ontario independent wrestlers, uh, you're not too, too familiar with them. Of course, you know, there's obviously the established talents that you have been in the ring with or haven't. So, you know, let's kind of do the whole like, you know, Cody Rhodes back in the day when he first left WWE, he made up that, you know, that piece of paper bucket list of who he wanted to get in the ring with so let's kind of do an on air just off the fly right now with you so number one rob rage rage okay yes um honestly you've worked several times before i know and he is one of my favorite dudes to work with like legit um because just everything that kind of goes into anything that him and i do like it's that chemistry thing like everything clicks like I understand what to do with Rob Rage. Rob Rage understands what to do with me. And because of that, it doesn't really matter. Like, and to think, like, you wouldn't expect Rob Rage in a dog collar match or a last man standing would be super exciting. But, I mean, they were. Um, and that's where Rob isn't really appreciated as much as he should. Is He's a very old school mentality dude. And that old school mentality works in this new era because... It goes again. It, it makes wrestling what it was supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like right. now, now it's right in the title entertainment. And wrestling's a dirty word. Rob Rage is a. He's very good at being. He's kind of like a Billy Graham of this era. Like, and I'm sure he'd take pride in that. Um, where like, there's the legitimacy behind his showmanship. You know what I mean? And that's, I think, very underappreciated today. Okay, so Rage is one. Rage is one. Another one is Andrew Love. Ah, good old, uh, formerly known as Young Love. And, of course, we knew him back way, way in the days of him being a, a local fan here in, uh, here in Oshawa. That's exactly it. There's a kid that I fucking drove a T-shirt to to his house and sold him a shirt, and he was, like, marking out happy. <laughs> And then now I see him, like, I had a conversation with him the other day. He talked to me because he's going to do, like, a hardcore match with somebody. And I said, listen, like, yeah, absolutely. We have a different relationship now. I mean, you're not just some punk mark kid. You're a worker now. For sure, if you have any questions about how to do things properly or my thoughts, if you could pull anything off, please ask me before you fucking kill yourself. Like, I've probably been there, done that, and know a trick or two to help you out, so you're not going to die. <laughs> um, but just watching him kind of go from being that mouthy kid getting kicked at fucking mass shows all the time to fucking 
honestly, from what I've seen, I've he's somebody I did click his links every now and again over the years, and honestly, he, he's got a bright future. And the dude's passion is there. Like, he's so fucking passionate. And I love that. It's great. It makes me happy. It makes me legitimately fucking smile. So he'd be a guy that I definitely want to get in the ring with, I guess, from the new generation. All right. Let's name a couple more before we move on. Um, that Kyle from No Ring North. And oh. I think he worked at PWO. Kyle okay. Bruce. He's another one. Um... I don't know if it's here, but over there in my fucking wall is I have his actual stickers. I sent him a message because he has seen his work, and he's just another one of those kids that. And he said it himself, like 2014 me would be marking out that you actually want my sticker, and you know what? It's I could understand that in a sense. It's like yeah, okay, because he was one of those guys that really liked my shit, and he was always marched to a different drum and. We just always kind of clicked on a personal level, and he's somebody that I've been watching, and honestly, I love his shit, his douchey fucking persona. <laughs> it gets reactions, man, and that's what it's all about, and I think I could definitely do something fun with him. Like Anybody in that kind of in that kind of spot, I think I could have a lot of fun with. Okay. Maybe uh second last one? Um, I don't know. I mean, if you want to stop at three, I mean, three is a good no. number. I figured you'd want to go to five. So. But I don't want them to be obvious either. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of somebody that'll be kind of like, hmm, wouldn't think it. Um, well, the obvious ones are always kind of fun, especially if you want to go back. Yeah, to I, mean, I guess sure, Chad. Chad would be fun to kind of do again. Warhead, okay. Um, I think that the history writes itself in a sense, and you can't point to a time that him and I ever had a match and it was bad. And you can't really point to a match that him and I've ever had. And we've sat there and discussed it for longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> That's the crazy part about it. So if anybody has been a fan of the matches that him and I have had, like think about that. And you put maybe 30 seconds of thought into what the fuck we're about to do. And that's what happens every time. Right. Um, maybe one more now. Um, Notorious TID. It's a match that I never got to have yet, and it's one that I've been dying to have. I mean, he's such a respected vet, in my opinion. I mean, if you're going to say, like, he's the fucking... I don't want to say it because I feel like I'm going to piss him off, but he's kind of like the grandfather of hardcore in Ontario Indy. You know, he's one of the first guys, him and Scullion. They, they wrote the fucking book. And I don't know. I want to learn from the guy that wrote the fucking book. And what better way to do that than to have a match with him? Okay. Uh, you mentioned before uh, with Young Love and uh, being a fan and the whole pro wrestling Eclipse days. This actually follows you nicely to our next question. David from Oshawa asks, are you ever going to come back to pro wrestling Eclipse? I would. I wouldn't say no. I've, I have nothing nothing against uh, Dr. Mask, Sean Murley, nothing at all. I think every time that I've ever had dealings with him, it's always been kind of pleasant. I mean, is he weird? Sure, but who isn't weird? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, I don't know. 
Unfortunately, well, inmates don't run the asylum in pro wrestling. Um, but if the door was open, I'd happily walk through it. Okay. Um, do you think, though, I mean, that's you saying that you would go back. Do you think that Mask would have you back for pro wrestling Eclipse? Mask has said so many things over the years that will never happen. And then they happen. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. Again, that's more of a question for Dr. Mass than me. I, I think if things keep going on the trajectory they're going, there's no reason not to. Okay. No, I think even you could attest, like, I've never been in a better spot in my life than now. But I mean, if you're going to book me then when I was in that piece of shit place in my life, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why would you do it when I'm at my actual best now? And let's try to fucking get past things. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm kind of antsy to move forward. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. And All right. You're next. Yeah. Oh. That's it. No, I'm good. All right. Uh, Joshua from Oshawa asks, what is the most painful weapon or weapons you've ever been hit with in your career? I feel like this is a very common question for a lot of people within the hardcore deathmatch realm. Um, yeah. And you've been hit with a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> yes, like, besides just like the normal things that could hurt if it's done incorrectly or done with a lot more force, like a chair or, you know, something like that. But like, you know, what's the most painful weapon or weapons you've ever taken in your career? Um, I would say the cat nine tails that somebody made and fans bring the weapons, but they did it with like, I think it was strands of barbed wire and broken chunks of compact discs that were like snapped in pieces. all fucking littered on it. And Chad whipped me with that motherfucker. And even Chad said, he's like, I hit you once and I heard you fucking sell that. And I knew that was not a sell. Like that was an, is like, ah! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're like, Something's coming out, but there's, like, no audible fucking tone to it because you're just, like, so in shock. <laughs> so that was it, and it's definitely a weird one because you wouldn't think that. But, yeah, that was the worst one. Okay. Any ones that are um, maybe more deceiving than the others? Like, everyone's like, oh, going through a table's not bad, and, you know, yeah. that's if the table breaks. Or, like, getting hit with a chair or stuff like that. But, like, what's one, what's a common weapon that a lot of people, you know, see maybe – on the daily that can be very deceivingly, you know, terrible to take if uh, done maybe incorrectly. Honestly, chair shots. Cause the first thing everyone says, the gold tears padded. Cause half the time just the Walmart chair, but those things fucking hurt. <laughs> There's still metal bars. And then some big fucking gargantuan fuck like Rob rage swinging it at you. Like it's going to fucking hurt. <laughs> it's like getting chopped by Andre, but bigger. <laughs> like it's the same thing. <laughs> All right, second last question, uh, second last person, rather, to submit a question before we uh, hightail it out of here. Uh, Brad from Hamilton asks, have you ever had a fan at any shows that really annoyed you? If yes, then explain. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Don't, be, don't I, be politically correct here and stuff like that, <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be politically correct because it's my personality. I don't get annoyed too easily. Usually if you're annoying, I'll find a way just to think it's hilarious. You know what I mean? Like, I'll think, like, you are some kind of fucking idiot. So and that's I'll be why, by you. 
So that's why you hang around with Vander. Got it. Okay. Pretty much. The dude's a fucking goofball. It's hilarious to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess there's this one guy and okay. He had this like weird obsession with fucking windbreaker jackets. Okay. (laughs) Like I don't even know the dude's name. Like he's changed his name so many times on fucking Facebook. And I would just get these random messages every once in a while. And it was like asking me if I owned a windbreaker. <laughs> and then I knew it was this guy. And I figured out who it was because he used to sit there and like mainly at PWA. He used to do the, be at the PWA shows a lot and like Kitchener and Guelph and shit. And he just sit there and give you like this weird intense stare like, hmm. Then you look at him like, Like, over and over and over again. And that dude fucking creeped me out, and I guess he's the most annoying. Windbreaker jacket guy, if you're out there, you're fucked. Fucked. And no, I do not have any windbreakers for you. But you do have windbreakers, is what I got from that. <laughs> Don't get them started. <laughs> I'll fucking tell them that you have windbreakers. I, <laughs> you I, please, you know, I don't, you, know I'm a, you know I'm a leather jacket kind of guy, so. Oh, you are. Got to rock that outsider gimmick. A little inside baseball there. Uh, our final uh, question, uh, person rather than submit a question, comes from Justin from Gilmy Talks Podcast. That's a two-parter. His first question is, what do you enjoy in a wrestling match and why? Very generic or standard question, but at the same time, very interesting because it all depends on the person. And as we've discussed in the past, you have a very intricate way of looking at different styles of wrestling compared to others. So what do you enjoy in a wrestling match? I'm assuming he's not talking death matches is straight up pro wrestling here. You know, the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Kidding. <laughs> Love you down there, but honestly it kind of goes hand in hand regardless of the good stuff or death match. <laughs> um, I guess what I really enjoy is when the match could make me suspend my disbelief and be engaged into it as if this is an actual athletic competition. You know what right. I mean? Like, there are just certain matches that even being in the business, like you just get captivated by. Um, recent one, I guess would be Omega and Jericho and that uh, Wrestle Kingdom. That was one that, in the recent memory, captivated me. Because it's so, like, weird and wild for me to see. Or um, even CM Punk and Darby Allin captivated me for other reasons. It wasn't so much the match in the ring. I thought that was okay. It did what it's supposed to do. But it was, like, a captivating moment for me. Um, throwing it back, Jericho and Michaels. That was a captivating one. Or Michaels and fucking Flair. The, the list goes on and on. So what that kind of, that. So what? Yeah, I was gonna say. So what I'm noticing, it's more or less not just the storytelling in the ring, but just the angle leading up to it is what really captivates you. I mean, the angle could be a part of it because I mean, you could have a really good match if the story was dog shit going into it. It's still gonna be three or four stars. There's nobody well, fucking cared. Well, sure, but based on the ones that you've already mentioned, especially with like you know Omega and you know Jericho, big heated rivalry thing going up to Wrestle Kingdom. Darby and Punk, the return of Punk, and how is he going to hang? Can he still do it? The Jericho and uh, Michaels thing with the yeah, whole yeah. You know, wife thing. Like, you're naming not just good matches, but you're naming angles in the sense, too. I so. But, I mean, in the case of, say, 
Jericho and Omega. Like, did I know the kind of background story? Not really. I knew enough that Jericho showed up and the challenge was happening. I didn't look and follow anything going into it. I just tuned in just to see this match. And the match delivered in the way that I, I guess what I learned later, how the angle all worked out. Like, I do know it. But going into that match, no, I didn't know it. It didn't matter. I was just captivated by it. Okay, so you pretty much have answered a question as... And though, because, I mean, if you have a good story and angle going into something, typically you bring your A-game for that blow-off match. Like, sure, of course. Point, right? So, I mean, they do go hand-in-hand, hand, really. So, it's but, interesting, though... Like, sorry, I'm going to cut you off, though. But it's interesting that you're answering this in the form of a fan when you've done both. So, I mean, you've already answered it, like, what do you enjoy in a wrestling match as a fan? And that's, you know, some of the examples that you've given. But what about what do you enjoy in a wrestling match when you're a worker? Because looking at it through a worker's eye is different than looking at it through a fan's eye. And also being in the ring and telling the story as it's happening, it, you know, you can have fun while you're in there. And sometimes you can't, right? Like every person would say that. So what do you enjoy in a wrestling match maybe when you're in the ring? Um rather than just sitting in the bleachers? Well, for me, there's a lot of different ways that I have fun in wrestling because wrestling is wrestling's my first love. So I'm going to have fun no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm watching it as a fan or if I'm partaking it as a wrestler or if I'm sitting in a commentary booth or doing a podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm having fun because it's my first love. Um in a sense but i guess like it all comes back to the same thing is like i don't like planning shit out step by step like say steamboat savage would do let's face it, my memory won't fucking remember <laughs> um so like to me i guess like what i have fun when i'm doing in there is being able to just kind of like feel out a crowd you could totally do it especially once you've been doing it for a while like you could kind of get whether they want you to make quick comebacks or whether they want or whether they want you to like um, to stay down a little bit longer and they're like kind of like waiting for those dramatic pauses, you know what I mean? Some some crowds just want that fucking bang, 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 over. Some people want to digest it. And every crowd's different. Like I find a Mark crowd wants a fucking firecracker show. You know what I mean? Like, they want, like, 19 super kicks and then a fucking spinning, flipping pile driver fucking finisher. Or, like... That's like you, just kinda, na- you just named every Young Buck match ever, but yeah. I know I did, and honestly, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Young Bucks. <laughs> I never well, played. you just lost about, like, 30% of the audience right there. Perfect. That's okay. I mean, that's what makes wrestling wrestling. I mean, because I don't like them doesn't mean that I wouldn't pay to see somebody whoop their ass. I mean, they had me at FTR versus Young Bucks for a reason. You know what I mean? Don't even get me fucking started on that. But yeah, go ahead. You know, like it, it was, it could have been fucking so much fucking better. But they had me for a reason. I mean, if I don't like something or something they're doing, I'm just gonna like somebody kicking their ass. So I mean, they're doing their job. It's not like they're fucking. <laughs> not like i have a problem with them you know what yeah. i mean like i don't have a problem if you're gonna go out and be a goofball go out and be a goofball i'm gonna have a problem if i get blamed that people hate wrestling and i'm ruining the business because people like those like the young bucks are being goofballs <laughs> you know what i mean but even then like i don't know i, I don't know as, as a 
wrestler. I I like the I like all the same thing. I like the ability to captivate an audience. Whether I'm gonna use barbed wire to do it or whether I'm gonna use a top wrist lock. Okay, and our final question, or well, second part of the question from Justin from Gilmy Talks podcast, which by the way. Go back in, uh, in his archives over at, you know, gilmytalks.podbean.com. He's got some great stuff, great interviews, good guy. Um, what? Who, sorry, who do you think is the future of deathmatch wrestling? So not what do you think is the future, but who do you think is the future of deathmatch wrestling? I mean, you got a lot of contenders right now that are, you know, kind of itching their way into Ontario since you've taken your uh, hiatus. Um, that have done things, even people like that have been around for a very long time, like Warhead, that are, you know, trying new things, going to Mexico and stuff like that. You got MC Hardbody doing his thing, Channing Decker. You know, I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch of other people right now, but maybe even not just here in Ontario. But who do you got your eye on maybe outside of Ontario and Canada? Like, who do you think is the future of Deathmatch Wrestling? Uh, without saying yourself, if you're uh, planning for that uh, epic return to the ring. I I can never see myself in any of these answers. Um, honestly, I think Decker's the man. If I was going to go through the who's who, I mean, I'd probably get a lot of people going, like, oh, what the fuck, man? But, like, honestly, I think Decker's the man for that. Why do you say that? The dude's constantly traveling. I mean, Chad's doing it, too. Um, I think... Decker is in the right stage of life in a sense. Like he's just entering his prime. He's younger. Um, he's got a lot more miles to go. He spent that time like doing this stuff with the fraternity. Like he spent the time building everything before he switched over to doing the hardcore. And I'm a huge fan of his work because you see the psychology in his matches. And I love it. Um just a, it's the perfect storm for him right now. I think Decker is that guy. Wow. Uh, I think it's a matter of time before he starts getting the big time bookings in the States where he should be. You know, he's already done Japan. I mean, why why hasn't somebody called him up to book him? I don't know why Brett Lauderdale hasn't called up Channing Decker yet. I don't. <laughs> but is he- I think that time's coming. Is he someone that you would like to possibly tangle with in the deathmatch realm at some point as well? Absolutely. I mean, I've worked with him a couple times, but they're just kind of in multi-man matches. And just from what he was at the fraternity, I, I would never have thought in a million years he'd flip the switch and be like, I'm a hardcore guy now. But I'm certainly fucking happy that he did. Because look at him. Arguably, he's getting a hell of a lot more bookings and hype as being Channing Decker, the hardcore guy, than he was Channing Decker, the fucking goofy fraternity guy. So. All right. Well, that about does it when it comes to our fan questions that were, again, submitted over on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash wars, or to our email, which was schwalwars at hotmail.com. All right, Jesse, we want to thank you very, very much for joining us on the show. Of course, go back in the archives over at anchor.fm slash Wars podcast. Uh, you did, of course, that special one-on-one interview that uh, has quite frankly been one of the most popular episodes that we've done, uh, not just because of your pretty face as well, uh, but because you had quite the story to tell, of course, talking about getting into professional wrestling, uh, gaining the popularity that you did, 
dealing and overcoming with some of the demons and obstacles that you've suffered throughout your life. And of course, restoring not only the relationships of your family, but also uh, those with your friends and within the professional wrestling world as well. So uh, again, from the bottom of my heart, I, I know we've been a lot you know, going through a lot as friends uh, over the last several years, but I am still proud of you for all the things that you've been able to accomplish over the last few years and bettering yourself to the person you are now. So I'm very happy to call you my friend. And um, I'm just very happy that still after all this time, I still have more hair than you. So, I mean, you know, that's, uh, uh, you can flip me off all you want, but right now this is the audio purpose and I just got a zinger. So, uh, any closing words or final things that you want to be able to say before, uh, we do our socials and wrap things this up? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, hopefully next time we're talking, I'll be promoting an upcoming show. You know, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, that's true. Uh, which of course you can go back then, like I said, in the archives over at anchor.fm slash Wars podcast, like I said, for that previous episode. Um, Jesse, is there anything you would like to be able to promote if it's not a show that you're promoting? Maybe just, you know, just your socials at that point then. You know what? I will promote something. Um, it's a little bit weird, I guess, but promoting GCW's uh, season's beatings coming up. Not because I'm going to be there or nothing. Don't get me twisted, but... I mean, it's a good cause. It's for a food bank in Oshawa, so definitely want to promote them. And if you can make it out there, bring some food out for them, and away you go. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, and of course, for myself here over at Schwab Wars coming up, well, rather last week on the program, like I said, go back in the archives. Uh, we did our special eat, sleep, parent, repeat, where my beautiful wife and her best friend uh, joined the lovely, the selfie queen herself, Jesse Mack, where they talked about parenting in the pandemic, which is a whole lot of fun. And coming up next week on the show, every Thursday at 10 a.m. is going to be a retro wrestling review, this time covering WWF Survivor Series 2001, which is absolutely incredible. The fact that it was 20 years ago to the date on November the 18th, 2001, which finally the alliance ended and that whole godforsaken feud went down the, the toilet as well. Um, of course, uh, you're going to be joined with uh, Jordan Lloyd for that one as well. Uh, go back in the archives as well for that, because earlier in the summer we actually did the invasion angle from 2001 and we did a cool retro review on that so we're going to be bookending um that entire angle by the first pay-per-view and the last pay-per-view and definitely not anything in between because god forbid i'm going to put myself through all that uh so of course do that and of course i'd like to announce as well on november the 25th uh we have a very special game show concept called countdown a sort of unique but not really original game show where two teams of two must go against each other while also being able to work together and having a, a, a time clock that they must all be able to work with. And if that time clock ends, the game is automatically over. Uh, so it's very, very interesting to be able to have uh, my contestants for that one will be Vander Cruz and his beautiful wife, Tina. And of course, uh, joining them as their opposition will be George McKay and his beautiful wife, Sasha from Straight Talk Wrestling. So definitely check that one out. That was a whole lot of fun to film. Of course, you know, I filmed in advance. Let's be honest. I'm a busy man. And that's how I do things. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Adam Hayes. Thank you very much. And we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>